They brought him into the world. And look at his, uh, he continues, he says like this, He should put in his heart, They are the reason for his existence. He has to give them every kavod that he can. First of all, they brought him into the world. And secondly, they took care of him when he was an infant and in his uh, younger years. Now, those two reasons are slightly different. Why? Because we could have a practical ramification. For example, a parent, that gave, uh, a biological parent that didn't take care of the child, didn't bring them up, or an adopted uh, child, that where they they're not the biological parents, but on the other hand, they took care of them. So we do find in halakha that both of these reasons are um, have weight. That a biologi- a person who has adopted uh, a child, a person is is is, is high up on a certain level of hakaratatov. Also on that, whether it's got the same din exactly as the aim or not, perhaps in the third year we'll discuss that. But according to the he gives two reasons, and basically both on both of those reasons there is room to expand this to expand this thing. Let's move on to Rabbeinu Bahaya. Rabbeinu Bahaya gives us a reason why this Pasuk mentions uh, the reward. Specifically for Kabeda why did the Torah say Lamanya Rihunya Mecha that you'll have long life? Says Rabbeinu Bahaya, source number three. Why did the Torah give the reward of longevity? Rav Sadia Gaon gives us a reason. People can live long lives. Parents can live well into their old age. And sometimes the parents can be a burden on the children, and it will be too much for them. And therefore the Torah tells you, you should take care of them and honor them. And even though it's going to take lots of your time, to take their time to help them, you think, Top, I, I'm missing out on my years because, because, uh, because I'm taking so much time. You're not losing time by looking after your parents because you'll get longevity. So therefore, that's why Rav Sadia Gohan says, the Torah over here is telling people that uh, don't worry about this. Now, it's quite interesting. I heard in the name of Rav Shafra that when... We'll see later. When is the Ikar Mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim? In what part of a person's life? And there's, it seems to be that there is a strong argument to say that the Pshat of the Psukim and the Pshat of Chazal is Kibbut Avayim especially, not only, but specifically is in the Golden Age. As we'll see later, what is entailed in Kibbut Avaim, it really is focusing on old age. It's not necessarily focusing on other things. Not to the exclusion of, 
But what is the Ikar and what is the Tafel? So you can understand, like that is the Ikar, looking after your parents when they're in their later years in life. That's why Rav Sadiqan says, and the Torah is telling you that you should know. It's going to take a long enough of your time. It's okay. You're not going to lose out any moments because of looking after your parents. Now, how many mitzvot are actually in the mitzvah of relating to parents? So we know kibbutz avayim kabed et avicha vetimecha. We know in this week's parsha, ish imov aviv tirau. You have to revere your parents. But there are other, there are three other mitzvot. I total five mitzvot when it comes to kibbutz avayim. First is kibbutz avayim honoring them. We'll have to see what that entails. The second one is revering them mora mora uh, or fearing them. The third one is one is prohibited from hitting one's parents. Make and that is motyumat. One would get the death sentence for Sakudin. And that has practical ramifications. Um, we're not going to go into it in this week's year. Uh, if we have time, we might go into it. But regarding medical uh, procedures, that the child is a doctor, can he treat his parents? Is that involved in the Isra of Makeh Aviv V'imor? It's quite a serious prohibition. What you might, the person who draws blood from their parents will is liable to the death penalty. The fourth prohibition is cursing them, just like one is prohibited from cursing uh, Hashem, also cursing parents. And there again, it's also what you might. And the fifth one is shaming, shaming one's parents. Okay, so we have five mitzvot that are really focused on kibbutz avayim or our relationship to our parents, it seems that it is quite a uh, critical uh, mitzvah in the Torah. And let's put it in perspective. The Gemara in Kiddushin Daf Lamed says as follows, Tan Rabbonin, we've learned in a brighter, Ne'emar kaberet avicha ve'etimecha. The Torah tells us to honor our parents. That's a pasuk in Mishlei that one has to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu from one's wealth. Here the Gemara in the Gemara Bavli says The Torah compares or parallels the honor that we have to give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the honor that we have to give to our parents. Now, I just want to point out, it's not, it's not in the books, but this seems to be a machloket between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Here the Bavli is telling us that the kibbutz that we have to give to our parents is parallel to the kibbutz that we have to give to our Kodesh Baruch. And they prove it from the Pasuk in Mishlei to the Pasuk. Strangely enough, Rav Shimon Bar Yochai in the Yerushalmi has a different shot. He says the Torah, our Kodesh Baruch Hu, was more makpid on the, the kavod of our parents than he was makpid on the kavod of, of himself, of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. From the same Gemara, from the same Pesukim. Why? It says, Kabed et mecha. Full stop. Right? When, well, not full stop, but when it says, Kabed et Hashem, what does it say? Kabed et Hashem mehonecha, from your money. If you've got money, buy a lot of an etrog. You've got money, go and buy, buy tzitzit. You don't have money, you don't have to do the mitzvah. You don't have to buy an etrog if you don't have money. Right? You don't have to take out a mortgage to go and buy the lul of an etrog. Says the Yerushalmi, that's not the case with Kibbutz Avayim. 
Kibbut Avaim, it didn't say Mehonecha from what you've got, you know, from your bank account. It says, No limitation. No limitation. Says Yerushalmi, and we'll come back to this. We don't pass it like the Yerushalmi. But the Yerushalmi says, Even if you have to beg in order to honor your parents. So, so the, the Yerushalmi says that the Kibbut Avaim is actually on a higher, the Torah is Doresh, <coughs> demands from us a higher level of Kibbut Avaim than what we are demanded to regarding HaKadosh Baruch And it's from this Pasuk, uh, this Gemara over here, from the Bavli, it learns it as a parallel. The Yerushalmi doesn't learn it as a parallel at all, learns it as almost a Kalvachome. We'll come back to that Yerushalmi and, that, and this uh, Bavli, but uh, just to put things in perspective. Furthermore, it says, Neymar ishimo tirau, person has to fear their mother and their father, that one has to fear Hashem, again, a parallel between the reverence that one has for one's parents to the reverence one has for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Person who curses his parents shall surely die. Again, he also is uh, killed. There is a parallel between Kibbut Avaim and uh, Kibbut uh, Kibbut Hashem. Now, before I'm going to come back to that, why is there a parallel uh, between Kibbut Avaim and Kibbut Hashem? But before we get to that, the Minchat Chinuch has a very interesting uh, discussion. This mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim is it a mitzvah ben Adam lechaveiro or is it a mitzvah ben Adam lemakom? We know that. On the luchot, the first five luchot are generally ben adam lemakom, and the second five are ben adam lechavero. And kabedet avichave, you you're not you're saying it's not, you don't agree with that chiluk? Uh, right, because kabedet avichave Oh, so the essentially ben adam lemakom. Oh, okay. So I'm this. Sorry, ben adam lechavero. Ah, oh, well, this and is. If, and if one is to say. That kabedet is ben adam So then, the reason why I can kill a fly and I can't kill a human being is because a human being has within him the neshama of the chelak el kamimal. You're saying everything at the end of the day is ben adam lamakom. Yes, but in terms of Nachon, everything in the end of the day comes down to, because Hashem told us, right? All 613 on a certain no, level. Because the, the human being is opposed to an animal that I can kill. Right. Because Onochi, Hashem, Hashem Lokecha, Lokecha. So there, there's, I can't kill a human okay. being. Because I, I hear they are. Uh, the Minchat has a debate. And uh, the Kliyakar and the, uh, the Ramban, actually on Medayek from the Aseret, Hadibrot, that since Kaberet Avicha is on the side of Ben Adam Lamakom, that in essence, this is a mitzvah Ben Adam Lamakom. Right? The mitzvah of honoring one's parents is really a mitzvah Ben Adam Lamakom, as opposed to mitzvah Ben Adam Lachavero. Now, what's an afkamina? If it's a mitzvah Ben Adam Lamakom, or if it's a mitzvah Ben Adam Lachavero, 
It's all, it's a mitzvah. In the end of the day, you have to, you have to honor your parents. So the Minchat Chinuch has a Chinuch. He has a Nafkamina. And his Nafkamina is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, we know that if a person uh, does Averot, Ben Adam Lamakom, he has to ask Shuvah, and Yom Kippur is Mechapeh. But it doesn't help if he didn't, if, for, if he had sins of Ben Adam Lachavero, Yom Kippur doesn't help. So the question is like this. Look at the Minchat Chinuch. The Minchat Chinuch says, Umikom akom anim esupak lefi amuvar barambam, da averot she ben adam lachavero, when it comes to mitzvot ben adam lachavero, or averos ben adam lachavero, lo mahani tshuva, velo yom hakipurim, ad shiratzet chavero, until you appease and ask forgiveness from the person who you, um, who you hurt or, or, or um, did something to. We know you have to honor every person. But when it comes to other people, there's only a mitzvah that you, you're not allowed to cause them pain. Right? The can, but here there's a mitzvah actually to honor. Lechabdo vim lo kibdo if he didn't honor his parents, I'm not talking about a person who insulted his parents. That's Vadai. We're not talking about Averot. A person didn't do an act of mitzvah kibud. Right? He didn't, uh, he didn't go and buy his father a steak. Right? Or whatever. When his father asked him to, he didn't, he didn't do that. Sorry, there I can't do it. Right? So that was... Uh, he, he missed the mitzvah of kibbutz Abayim. He didn't shame him. He didn't... So do you have to ask um, tshuva for that? If it's ben adam lamakom, no. You don't have... I mean, you've got your, your musaf on Yom Kippur and that's enough. Right? But if it's ben adam lachavero, then vada'i, you have to ask your parents, Erev Yom Kippur, you know, to be mochel. Velo ben adam lachavero. The ben adam lachavero, I know, ele b'mashu shaveh l'chol adam. Yes. Sorry? Oh, okay. So, Aval can. Correct. But, so, so you're right. In the end of the day, they're all intertwined and they all are pretty much very difficult to to distinguish the two. We're trying to find a practical, when, when you kind of, trying in halakha, when you're trying to define things, there are some practical ramifications. I'll give you another example that the Minchat Chinuch doesn't mention. Certain mitzvot we say brachot for, other mitzvot we don't say brachot for. When we give tzedak, we don't say bracha. When we shake the lulav, we say bracha. Why? Now, it's a big discussion amongst the Rishonim. Why sometimes we say a bracha, other times we don't say a bracha? Some say that it could be a distinction between a mitzvah ben adam lechavero and a mitzvah ben adam lemakom. So again, you're right, it all comes, it's all intertwined, but there are, if we define it as ben adam lemakom or ben adam lechavero, there's a, a, there's a nafkemina, there's a practical ramification. Should you say a bracha, should you not say a bracha? Another practical ramification says the Yalkut Yosef, source number seven. Um, look at uh, the second paragraph. 
המקיים מצוות כיבודה ואין. יש אומרים שאינו צריך לכוון לשם מצווה. I don't have to say, you know, לשם קודשא בריחו, הנה אני מוכן ומזומן לקיים מצווה תעשה. Why? דאפת קיים אלן מצוות צריכות כוונה. Although in general we say that מצוות do need certain amount of intention, I don't need to know all the Kabbalistic understandings of the Arizal, but I need to know that I'm doing this mitzvah for the sake of the mitzvah. Mikol makom b'mitzvot sheben adam l'chavero, if it's a mitzvah ben adam l'chavero, right, enon shichot kavana. So now, regarding parents, am I doing it with kavana or not? Well, it depends. If it's a mitzvah ben adam l'chavero or not. This is a suffix of the minchat chinuch. It's uh, not clear clearly uh, brings the Yalkut Yosef, of, uh, it brings both opinions. The Chutashani, Rav Karelitz, kind of, uh, in the end of the day, says it's couched, although the source is Ben Adam Lemakom, really the halachic parameters are Ben Adam Lechavero. And therefore the practical ramifications will fit into the Ben Adam Lechavero, and those could be certain uh, ramifications. I'll bring one other ramification that could very well be an Afghamina is the, what, I, what I mentioned, the essay at the back, and we're not going to deal with it at all, and that is can a child treat their parent medically? Right? Can they draw blood? Now, uh, there's a prohibition of Makeh Avivim, or we say it was Motyumat. So the question is if the parent wants it. If the parent is Mochel, he wants his son's a doctor going to save him money um, you know can the can the sun do stitches but it's going to draw black this is actually a machloket that's uh, it's brought down in the Gemara the Gemara basically says that you can and then it brings two stories of Amoraim that basically didn't let their sons do it so it's not clear it first says that you can that the children can and then it brings two stories of the Amoraim that you can't and it's a machloket rishonim between the Rambam and the Rosh it seems to be a how to paskin regarding this issue. What I'm saying is it could be that the nafkamina between how we understand that machloket in the Gemara and that machloket rishonim is whether you view this as a mitzvah ben adam lemakom. If it's a mitzvah ben adam lemakom, the parent cannot be mochel. But if it's a mitzvah ben adam lechavero, so the Ramah paskins, if a person says, if a person says, hit me on condition that you'll be patur, he's patur. And according to the Minchat even there's no avera, it's muta. So you see, there could be that if it's a ben adam lechavero, it's dependent, then there could be that it's more, there's more room to be lenient. We're getting off topic because that really is a sheer unto itself. It's a huge topic. I suggest everyone read the essay at the back. No, not talking about pikochet. Not talking about Pikuach Nefesh. So that would be a third ramification of uh, Ben Adam Lechavero, possibly regarding a parent being able to be treated by their children medically, even though it might incur drawing of blood. Let's move on to... Um, <clears throat> there are going to be two major topics that I want to deal with in today's share, so please God we'll get to them. But before that, just a general introduction. Most mitzvot... We define they're in speech, or they're in action, or they are in thought. What we'll see is unique is the mitzvah of kibbutz avayim applies to all three categories. Let's see the Gemara in regarding action. Tanner Abanan 
source in Kiddushin Lamed Aleph, I'm on page 21. Kibud. What is the definition of honoring one's parents? Kibud ma'achil umashke. A person feeds his parents, gives them to drink. Malbishu machaseh. Dresses them, covers them. Machnis umotzi. Takes them in, brings them out. This is the definition of honoring one's parents. Is as we saw, it, the pshat over here does seem to imply that where is the ikar mitzvah referring to? Who needs to be taken care of like this in the golden years? Are the ikar mitzvah of kibud not to the exclusion of when they're not um, in their old age, but clearly it seems like the ikar is to take care of the, the parents when they are in their elder years, and that or would fit in with unable. what we said, Rav Sadia, go on, sorry? Or, when or when they're unable, disabled, disabilities, etc. For sure, right. And the Shulchan Aruch Paskins this, Ezu Kibud, Machilo, Mashkeu, Malbishu, Machaseh, Machnis, Ummotzi, but now he adds something. These are all to do with actions. A person has to do it with a smile on his face, not begrudgingly. Gives him plump uh, chickens or whatever it is. But he does it in a begrudging manner with a sour face. He's going to get punished. And the opposite says, The family is not doing well and everyone in the family has to go to the work. And he puts his father at the grindstone, but it's because the son is going to be schlepping the 20 kilo uh, bricks. So he's doing it in order to save his father from harder work. And he appeases him and shows him that he's doing it with really good intentions. So we see from here that actions are critical. But the intention of it is also, and how you do the mitzvah is, is not just a hidur. It's really the, the part and part of, part of the essential part of the mitzvah. Now, the Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara gave very, very specific mitzvot actions in terms of kibbutz Abay. Dressing them, feeding them. Look at the Ramah. Anything that a servant would do for their master, this is also included in the din of Kibud Av. Now the question is, how far do we take this? Because this is going to be the topic that I want to discuss today. How far does Kibud Av aim go? The Ramah seems to take very limiting actions of the Gemara, brought down in the Shulchan Aruch, and expands them. Anything that a servant would do for their master, what, what does that entail? So let's keep that at the back burner. It seems that the Ramah is uh, expanding it. And look at the Yalkut Yosef. Not only things that pertain to the body itself, but expanding it. For example... La rocha vuram kniot to go shopping for them, to clean the house, to cook. So clearly it is expanding. The question is, where does that expansive approach end? What is there an end? So we'll we'll come back to that in a um, in a moment. The Gemara in Kiddushin Lamed Aleph 
I'm not sure if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll skip the Gemara in Kiddushin, Lamed Aleph, he tells uh, great stories, but yeah. But none of them discussed yet was whether or not it's from the parents. We're going to do that. That's the, two, the topic coming up. Topic coming up, right? Now, if we, let's just, uh, the Masechet Kiddushin Lamed Aleph, it says that uh, Rav Avimi, right, basically, even though he had five children, when his father came to knock on the door, he would run and say to his, Abba, I'm coming, I'm coming. Two things we learned from that. Number one, he didn't let his, his children open the door for his father. And number two, he didn't want his father even to feel that, you know, maybe they're not home, maybe they didn't hear me for th- even a few seconds, so you call out. That's the level of Kibbut Abba'im, and we, saw, we see other examples of Rabbi Tarfon, that his mother would step on his back to get onto the, her bed, etc. Mamash. And if you look at the Me'iri, the Me'iri says, lost, uh, lost, he, he brings, Kibbut Abba'im, Elam Shiur. This is the, the Mishnah in Peah. This is one of the mitzvot that there's no Shiur. What does it mean there's no Shiur? The more you do, the better. There's no limitation on Kibbut Abba'im. You can always do more for your parents. Um, look at the last paragraph in the, in the Meiri. Keshem Shadam Chayav Lechabelet Aviv Etimor. Rotzolin Omar. What does that mean? Lachir, Lashkot, right? That's to feed them, to give them to drink. Lachbish, Lachasot, Lachnis, Rotzi. Kemoshit Pa'er. Now he adds in the Meiri. Kachayav Lechobdam Bekol Minei Kavod. Person has to honor them with every type of kibud. This is something that there's no maximum shiur. So here comes the question. If there's no maximum shiur, is there any point where we say ad kan? Right? Is there any point where we say ad kan? And here we come into two topics that, uh, that I want to uh, deal with. Ah, no, we haven't got there yet. Um, so uh, the Psakimu Truvot brings down that part of this would be that a person has to go and visit their parents, right? Uh, you know, whatever it is, or call them on the telephone, or email them, keep in contact. That's part of Kibud Havva'em. Through speech. So we saw through actions, and we saw through intentions. Now through speech. Says the Mechilta of Rabbi Ishmael. Sorry, I know yeah. it's very slightly off topic, but it's also when you're talking about reasons to leave Eretz Yisrael. If you have parents who live abroad. Yes. So there's a... There's something to say about being able to leave. So let me them. come back to that after we see the Gemara in Yavamos. And please, God, uh, maybe we'll have time to touch on it. Okay. So the Mechilta says like this. The pshat of the Pasuk says in Mechilta is, okay, I've got to honor them how? With my words. So I learned from Mishlei that it's not only with words, but it's also with other actions. So according to Mechilta, what's the pshat of the Pasuk? How do you honor your parents? How do you speak to them? Pilei playing. I.e. the Gemara said the Ikari is how you act. You've got to look after them, got to cook for them, got to feed them. According to the Mechilta, the Ikari is how you talk to them. Look at the Sefer Haredim. Right, right, the Mechilta. Dibur Chamishi, the Aseret Adibrot, Kabeinet Avichavetimecha, Chayav Lechobdam Bedibur, how you speak to them. Shiyadaber Lehem Benachat, Belashon Rakai, how you speak to them gently in a. In a 
language of honor, the kavod v'adnut k'damer l'melech, zehu pshuto shel mikra. Pshuto shel mikra. I, according to the Sefer Haredim and Mechilta, the ikra is how you speak to your parents on the phone, right? So we, we this is, uh, I, I'm learning, uh, I've got, I'm giving, this is a lot of musar for, for me. I'm saying it's, uh, we all uh, need to step up, but not just on our actions, but also how we speak, the tone of voice, everything like that, according to the Mechilta, Sefacharein, that's the Ikar Mitzvah. Um, third Shita, Chaya Adam. Sorry, I'm going to skip the Chaya Adam, but, but let's go on to uh, page 21. The third Shita is the Chaya Adam, who says like this, B'machshava, with one's thought. Kidichtiv, Nivzeh Be'inav Nimas, Let's just skip to the boldened uh, um, uh, sentence. The Hainu Shiyidme Ba'ina. A person should perceive their parents, Shahim Dolim Eretz. That they are like the nobles of the land. Even though they are not, uh, according to everyone else, they're not considered very important. Um, so I was just, the, the poskim, how is that? You know, if your father is a Garol Ador, a very important person, etc., then it makes sense. You can, you can work that out. And Rav Chaim Shmulevitz brings down that his father, the, the father of the Rosh Hashiv of Mir, he, regarding his father, he tried to, he always used to praise him regarding one midah, because he felt that he had to find a midah that his father was like the Garol Ador, in order that he could really fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbutz Avay. So according to Rav Chaim Shmulevitz's father, a person has to almost try and find something unique about their parents so that they can really feel that they are nobility. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach was mamish said that that is not what the Chaya Adam, by the way, the Chaya Adam source is the Sefer Haredim. That is not what the Sefer Haredim meant. Mamashlo. You don't have to try and find one middah of your parents that they are above and beyond everyone else. What is the pshat? The pshat is, and I was trying to understand it best, but I just saw uh, Sivan Meir in the office and I told her, when I saw her article, uh, there was a picture of yesterday's Chaver Knesset, Gadi um, Yiverkan, an Ethiopian new Chaver Knesset, and at the Knesset, he kissed his mother's uh, feet, right? And his mother, they say she can't read, she's illiterate, etc. But he said, right? That basically, who I am is because of her. So that, that's a pshat. That a person, it's not that they are great, but in a person's eyes, everything that a person has is because of them. So they are nobility. And that's what a person has to do. So that is the chiyuv. That is a chiyuv. So we've seen that basically a, it's, it's unique, this mitzvah of Kibbut Avein. Number one, there are five mitzvot that we saw. Number two, it, 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 it crosses the realm both of intention, of action, of speech, and of thought. The only other mitzvah that I can think of where we have such an all-encompassing array of things is how we relate to HaKadosh Baruch and it seems that the Gemara, we come back to, we saw the, the Gemara compared the two. And I think one of the things is like this. We didn't see it in the beginning of the Sefer Achinuch, but the Sefer Achinuch says like this, that if a person is mechabed his parents, he will learn to be mechabed HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And it's interesting, if you have a break in our familial chain, right, in our generation, we also have problems with our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it seems that there, 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 there's a relationship. When you have a Dor Yatomim, you have a, a generation that we don't know how to respect our parents, it's also difficult for us to respect HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, there seems to be a parallel, and therefore also the mitzvot, and all of the nakaminas, in terms of how we relate to this mitzvah, seem to connect and intertwine these two, um, these two mitzvot. Now, we've got uh, 25 minutes. I want to talk, uh, cover two major, very important topics, halacha lemaiseh, regarding kibbutz ava'im uh, in today's year. Please, God, we'll talk about the, the other topics, uh, in the coming sharing. The first topic is Al Cheshbon Mi. Who has to pay for the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim? Let's see the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin Lamed Bet. Michel Mi. We said that you have to feed your parents. We said that you have to clothe your parents. Yes. But who has to pay for the steak and who has to pay for the clothing? Rav Yudah Amar Michel Ben. It comes out of the child's pocket. It comes out of the parent's pocket. And they said to Rav Yirmiyah, The Gemara over here seems to paskin. It comes from the parents. Although I have an obligation to feed my parents, if my, if my mother asks me to go buy her a bagel, I say, of course, Emma, I need to do that. Where's your credit card? That, that's pretty much what the Gemara is saying. But here, the Gemara asks, that's, that seems to be difficult. Why? There's a parallel. Just as it comes to, you have to buy a lulav. It's going to cost money. But nevertheless, you have to do it. So too. You have to honor your parents. They ask you to get them bagels or steak. So it's going to cost money. Beseda. But if you say it's out of Av, what's the comparison? Says the Gemara, my Where are you going to lose money? Says the Gemara, Malacha. No, you are going to lose money. Because I'm going to have to go uh, to the restaurant and order the food. And it's going to take me half an hour. And I'm going to, I could have been working. And I could have seen another client on that you lose money but to pay for it you use your parents credit card answer now uh, question number one which the Gemara result Toshma okay but but look at the next question how far does Kibbut Avein go the parent takes the wallet throws it into the sea and you keep quiet you don't embarrass them nothing now, if you say it's on the father's uh, bank account, right? so what do you have to say? You have to say that, well, obviously, if it's, it has to come from the father, so whose purse was it? It was the father's. So says the well, if it was the father's, so who cares? Like, so answers the Gemara, no, what do you mean? He's throwing away thy inheritance, right? I'm going to get the inheritance. So, no, you have to keep quiet. 
But if it was the son's purse, no, that vaday. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to money, get, lay out money for kibud avayim. Now we saw that this was the opinion of the bavli. The Yerushalmi, as we said, brings the exact same quote of kabed et Hashem mehonecha, and the Gemara and the Yerushalmi Rashbi over there says that the Torah demands from us to honor our parents even more than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, Kabedet Hashem Mehonecha. If you've got money, great. If you don't have money, no. When it says to Kabedet Aviv, Kabedet Avicha Vetimecha, it didn't have, say, Mehonecha. And therefore says, Rashbi, Afilo Mechazer Alaptachim. You have to even beg. So here we have two completely different approaches. According to the Gemara in Pavni, you don't have to lay out money. According to the Gemara Yerushalmi, not only do you have to lay out money like the other mitzvot, but you have to go further. You have to even beg in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbut So it's mamish, uh, completely different approaches. How do we paskin? Rob Rubam, the majority of the Rishonim, paskin, how... The, the Pshat, according to the Bavli. I watch the Bavli, Michel Ab. It's on the Cheshbon of the parents. That's how the Rambam Paskins, that's how the Rosh and Rip and everyone Paskins. There's one opinion of the Ravya that says it's on the site. But other than the Ravya, we haven't found, a, uh, we haven't found anyone. Uh, the Radbaz quotes a Chacham, but he doesn't say who he is. So, other than the Rav, yeah, we don't know any other Posek. And that's how we pass him, says the Shulchan Aruch. This, that one has to feed one's parents and one give them to drink. Michel Av the Aim. It has to come out of the bank account of the parents. But the Shulchan Aruch adds three words. Im if the parents have money, vim ein la'av, but if the father doesn't have, the yesh laben, and the son has money, kofinoto, we force the son to give him, the zan aviv mashu yachol, and we obligate him to give what he is able to give. Vim ein laben, but if the son doesn't have, enochayav lachzera laptachim, he doesn't have to go and beg. So it's very interesting. We saw the Babli that says you don't have to, you don't have to pay. We saw the Yerushalmi that says you even have to beg. Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that in principle it comes from the father. But if the father doesn't have, then if the son has money, we force him to pay. Where did that come from? I, what's this thing? Either it's on the father or it's on the son. If it's on the father, so why am I obligating the son, Kofinoto. So here, it sounds like the Achronim understand that this din of forcing the son to pay, where is it coming from? It's not a din necessarily from Kibbut Avaim, it's a din in Tzedakah. I.e., you have a chiyuv, we can force you to give Tzedakah. And on the highest realm of Tzedakah, who is the highest? Looking after your parents. I, you, a person, we know that there's a list of adifiyot in terms of uh, what, uh, what tzedakah, I think it's even in the Sefer we're going to do Yilchot Tzedakah, no? Or, did we do Yilchot Tzedakah already? 
No. Okay, it's coming. So it's in this book. We're going to do. So there's a whole list. It says Khatam Sofer that above the, that list is Kibud Kibud Avayim. It's on a different level, even before even uh, before other relatives. So now we can understand why you are chayav to, if the son has money, he's chayav to do, uh, his, uh, to, to pay for his parents, mishum tzedakah. And that's why the baiting can actually force him. Usually we don't force on a, a, a mitzvah she matan if the reward is mentioned next to it, and tzedakah is one of those mitzvahs, so that's a bit of a question, and also kibbut avayim. So the post came say, first of all, it's not a din in Kibbut Avayim, it's a din in Tzedakah. And in the din of Tzedakah, there's also a negative commandment, Lot HaMetzit Lavavcha, etc. And therefore, the baiting can force a person to give Tzedakah, and Vada'i can force a person to give to his parents. Why can't say it's a It, it, it seems... Yeah, fair. So, so, now the truth is, is that someone is saying that that's the shit of the Rambam. Why? And that's actually the shit of the Yerushalmi, uh, the Shulchan Because... The Ramah, I didn't, we didn't bring it in the safe, which is unfortunate, because the Ramah argues, the Ramah on this Shulchan Aruch says, V'yesh omrim she'en tzarich latayt ela mishum tzedakah. And the Taz says, what's the Ramah arguing? That's what the Shulchan Aruch was said. I kofin oto mishum tzedakah. So why is he arguing? So some want to explain, the Aruch HaShulchan and others want to explain, is that no, 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 there's a difference between the Ramah and the Shulchan Aruch, and this is coming to what the Rabbi um, was, was uh, mentioning before. That, if you look at the wording of the Shulchan Aruch, according to his ability. That's not a din in tzedakah. A din in tzedakah is as follows. I've got to give my master. Yeah? I've given my master, that's it. But what if the parents want more than what's master? It sounds like that the mechanism in order to be able to force the kid to pay for the parents, we use the mechanism of tzedakah. But the categories or the shiurim is not limited to hilchot tzedakah. We actually go further. And that's what the Ramah is arguing. The Yesh Omrim, no. He has to give, and we're forced to give, but according to the limitations of Hilchot Tzedakah. It seems to be, it's a machloka between the Rambam, which the Shulchan Aruch is quoting, and the Rosh. Right? By the way, the Rosh says something very interesting. The Rosh says, there's no machloka between Yerushalmi and the Babli. We said that according to Yerushalmi, you have to even beg. Says the Rosh, Mapitom. We passed in the Bavli that it's on the father. So what's the Pshat? The Pshat is, says the Rosh, that Yerushalmi was talking about that my father asked me to go buy him, uh, go buy him uh, a sandwich. I've got to stand in line for two hours. And because I've stand, stood in line, I miss work. And now I've got to go beg. But even Yerushalmi didn't want to, um, didn't say that I have to pay. I don't think that that's necessarily the Pshat. I don't think most of the Rishonim understood that that was a Pshat to Yerushalmi. The Pshat seems to be that there's really two opinions between Yerushalmi and the Babli of whether the children actually have to pay for the parents or not. Halach Lamai said, we say that we pass like the Babli, that in principle it's on the parents. However, if the parents don't have, and the child does, then a person does have to do it. Now, here comes an interesting machloket. Let's say a person... 
So we said, okay, a person, if, if, if children today, this is very halakha la you know, parents putting them in, in parents' homes, that's very expensive, right? So can you use your masik safim to do that or not? So the, the Rav Shalom Mashash says that there's a problem. Because if you tell the parents that you're using Maser Ani for, for, to, to pay for them, it's a zilzil, they're going to feel ashamed and embarrassed and you can't do that. But according to Rav Shalom Mashash, if you don't let them know, if no one knows, you're just doing it, but you know in your cheshbon, it's coming out of your, your Maser Mani, it's okay. The Tzitzel Yezer in Chelek Yudalet argues. Tzitzel Yezer says the problem is not that people know. The problem is that you know. You are now going to relate to your parents in a, in a, a belittling manner. Because, you know, they're Anien. They're, you're treating them like Anien. So according to the Tzitzel Yezer, you shouldn't do it. Now, how does that fit in with what we said over here in the, the Khatam Sofer? So I think the answer is as follows. For people that can afford to help their parents and do not need to dig into their maser money and their tzedakah money, there one shouldn't do it. And the Ramah actually says that a person who does do so gets a klala, gets a, gets a curse, right? When a person cannot afford to you know, look after his children and his parents unless he uses tzedakah money, that's when we say, the Khatam Sofer says, Vada'i, you use your tzedakah money, and Adarabah. That's the most important thing. So every person has to do their own cheshbon. Whether they're in the category that they can afford to look after their parents without going into their tzedakah money, in which case they shouldn't. And if they do, according to Rav Shalom Mashach, if they don't, if no one knows about it, they're not going to get a klala. According to the Tzitzel Yezer, in any event, they're going to get a klala. Okay, we've spent... Too much time on this topic um, because should be learned. Right, right. Okay. Um, tov. We are now moving on to a huge topic. We need more than 10 minutes for it. But, and that is the limitations of when my parents ask you to do something, how far does that go? They don't want you to... Uh, um, Cold in the winter. Right, right. right. They, they want you uh, to, to be home at uh, 10 o'clock at night, even though you're 25 years old or whatever it is. They don't want you to study computers. They want you to study refua. They don't want you to stay shanabet. They want you to, don't want you to make aliyah. All of these questions, what are the limitations? Now, some of them are going against mitzvot, but... Uh, one, they're not going against mitzvot. They want you to become a doctor, and you have no interest in studying medicine. You want to become, you want to uh, study computers. Do you have to listen to them, right? So these questions are based on a Gemara in Yevamot. Now the Gemara in Yevamot, I'll say it outside, but it's it's, it's quite a complicated. The Gemara is trying to work out. We have an assumption that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment. The Gemara wants to know maybe a positive commandment even overrides a negative commandment, sheyesh bo karet, an isur lav sheyesh bo karet. The Gemara says, no, how do I know that that doesn't, uh, the Gemara brings a Havamina. What's the Havamina? The Havamina says, we know, well, let's just read it very quickly. The Tanya, Yachol Yehei Kavod Av Ve'eim Docher Shabbat, Tamud Lomar, Ish Imo Vaviv Tirao, Ve'et Shabtotai Tishmaru Ani Hashem. 
Kuchem chayavin bichvodi. Why does the Torah say ve'ed shabtot ha'tishmaru? So if your parents ask you to break Shabbos, you know you can't do that. My love, the amalei shchotli basheli. Seems like the father said, you know, break Shabbos, cook me a steak on Shabbos. The timer, now the reason why you don't do it is because the kata brachamana et shabtot ha'tishmaru. There's a gzeret ha'katuv. Implying what? Halavachi, regarding other mitzvot lav, negative command on the Shiesh Bo Karet, Dachi, a positive mitzvah that the, the parent says would override it. Says the Gemara, Lav Demachamer. No, 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 we're not talking about an Isra Karet. There, the Torah was talking about an Isra of Mechamer. What's an Isra Mechamer? It's also an Isra on Hilchot Shabbos, that loading, uh, driving an animal, laid an animal, right? That's an isu, but it's, it's, uh, it's not one that there's going to be an isu karet. So there, I might have thought that an asa is doche lo tase, therefore I need a pasuk. So ask the Gemara, let's just skip. So um, if that's the case, so the Gemara says, uh, well, if that's the case, why don't I learn from there that actually... A, the mitzvah asay doesn't override a mitzvah lot asay. That we see from Yahweh, it doesn't. So the mitzvah asay, a positive commandment of listening to your parents, doesn't override the Mechamer, a regular prohibition. So answers the Gemara, final last words, Malahanach Shekain Hechsher Mitzvah. Now there it's different because over there it was only a Hechsher Mitzvah. What does that mean? It was only a Hechsher Mitzvah. Now here is a huge argument in the Rishonim. Let us see the understanding of the Rashba. As opposed to Rashi. Rashi's got a very different understanding of the Gemara. But he's going to go with Rabbeinu Hananel. That the Gemara is saying that this Heksha Mitzvah is referring to the Isra of Mechamer. Maybe a positive commandment doesn't override a negative commandment, as we see with the prohibition of Mechamer. Shani hacha, yes, different. The ain't be to law mitzvah bil vad. Because the, the nullifying of the positive mitzvah of Kibbut Abayim over here, it's only a hechshem mitzvah. What does that mean? It doesn't really fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbut Abayim. Why? Drive the animal to fetch me the chickens so I can have my chicken soup tonight. So what's he saying? Look at the bolden thing. The main mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim says the Rashba is when the parent gets benefit. And I'm going to add a word, direct bodily benefit. Not just nachas. Not just nachas. There's a physical benefit that the parent is getting. But yeah, he's just telling him to go and do something. He's not getting physical benefit. Now one could argue, what do you mean he's not getting? He's about getting benefits. His son's listening to him. That is not kibud av ve'ein. And therefore, in this case, it's only a hechsher mitzvah. And that's why it doesn't override it. Because he wasn't at the time of the Isra Mechamer, 
He wasn't doing a mitzvah. The fact that he is listening to his parents, that's not kibbutz Abayim. So here the Rashmi is giving us a very, very important distinction. What is the definition of kibbutz Abayim? And this is the famous truva of the Ma'arik. The Ma'arik was asked, a person uh, wanted to marry, fell in love uh, with a certain girl, and his father says, no way, you're not marrying that girl. And the question to pose to the Ma'arik was, is the son chayav to listen to the father and not marry the girl that he wanted to? The Ma'arik brings three reasons why he doesn't have to listen to his father. Two of them are not brought in the Sefer, so I'll mention them outside. The first one, he says, it's a Kavah Chomer. If we've already passed that the son doesn't have to pay, right? The midst of Kibbutz Avayim, I don't have to pay. So here, if I don't have to put out my money, clearly I don't have to suffer physically. Now, if a person's not going to marry a person who he wants to, that's Sar de Gufe. That is his suffering. So he says, Vadai, if I don't have to pay money, I don't need to suffer. And that's number one. Number two, he says, the halacha is a person needs to marry, uh, you can't be Makarish a woman until you see who they are. I, there has to be an attraction. So he says, there's a nidnud averahia, that if the father is telling him you can't marry, it means he's going to marry someone that he doesn't, he's not attracted to, he doesn't love, that's going again, that's, that's borderline avera. So that's like a father telling him to break Shabbos or to do any avera. He says, you don't know. And then the third reason is, and I'll read it, look in, uh, look in the bold line, but where it doesn't apply to his own personal benefit, the father cannot um, rebuke the son. Not, this is not included in the mitzvah of kibud horim, and he adds another line, and it's not included in the mitzvah of revering one's parents. As we'll see, revering one's parents, one of the mitzvot of revering one's parents, of morah, is not to contradict their words. So look at the Sefer HaMakne. Sefer HaMakne says, You can't contradict them. Nire, seems from this, the kol davar alav aviv, your father tells you to do something, it's not referring to go bake me a, a cake or, or go make me a, a, a sandwich. He's not losing. That's considered reverence. You have to listen to your parents. So yeah, we have a big machloket going on here. Right? And he says, Not listening to man's parents, according to the Sefer HaMakne, is contradicting them. And so what the Maharik and the Rashba basically seem to say that it wasn't a problem, according to the Sefer HaMakne, it is a problem. So now, if your father tells you to learn Refuah, and you're not going to listen to him, it might be a problem. If your father says, I don't want you to be mitgayes in a Kravi unit, and you know, you're not going to listen to him, according to the Sefer HaMakne, you might be over on Morat. According to the Ma'arik, it seems like you'd be okay. Now the Chazon Ish, Chazon Ish says, we go with the Sefer HaMakne. And the Chazon Ish, basically, we don't have time, but he says we misunderstood the Rashba. The Rashba wasn't saying that it's not a mitzvah. He was saying in the category of Asay, Doch, Elot Asay, it hasn't got the status of an Asay. It's not like there's no mitzvah. Vada is part of the mitzvah. And Vada could be a problem of Morat. 
So this seems to be quite a complicated topic. According to, uh, according to the Sefer HaMakne and the Chazonish, there might be a problem of, um, of basically going against your parents' will. Two, two uh, caveats. The Sefer HaMakne said if you're going to get a hefzit, if there's no hefzit, if there's going to be a hefzit, if you're going to lose something by it, now that's uh, quite a... What does that mean? If you're going to lose something by it, then it could be that even the Sefer HaMakne would say that you're not obligated, right? Um, the Yalkut Yosef says, we don't paskin like the Chazonich, we don't paskin like the Sefer HaMakne, Begadol, we paskin like the Marik, which is, by the, by the way, brought down in the Ramah, that if it's not a physical, direct benefit for the parent, you don't have to listen to them, even though one could argue, listening, obviously they're going to get, you know, gnachas from their parents, uh, from their children listening to them, that is not included in the mitzvah of Kibbut, nor is it included in the mitzvah of Morah. That's the Chidush, right? Not even in the, in the mitzvah of Morah. And therefore, basically a person can decide how they want to live their lives. If they want to go into the army, they should. Rav Karelitz disagrees. Rav Karelitz argues and says, No, I'm passing like the Chazonish. That uh, basically there is a problem over here. That one should listen to one's parents, unless it's got to do with the Navera. It could be that marriage is something, you know, different. That there, because there might be, as we mentioned, the Aveira, if you don't marry the person that you love, etc., fine. But other than that, you know, choosing a, uh, which university to go to, etc., maybe you have to listen to your parents. But here he also gives one uh, limitation. He says, as long as it's logical. I.e., if, what's logical? I think if you would ask the person on the street... Parents says, I don't want you to meet Kayes to Krabi, it's very dangerous. Okay, it's a logical time, you can argue yes or no, but there's a logical argument to it. The, the parent wants you to walk around with a jacket in the middle of uh, Kayetzman, right? There, there's no logic to it. So there he says, there you're not causing him tsar, you're not causing your parents tsar, the parent is causing himself tsar, that's something different. So we've touched on it. There's more to uh, more to elaborate, but our time has ended. So that will will end uh, this uh, topic for today. Maybe we'll touch on it uh, a bit more next week here. But uh, yes. What would he say in that case to a parent who says, "I don't want you to go to Kodel, I want you to go to university because Kodel, you're not going to be able to support your family." Okay, so that, that, that comes back to the question of Aliyah and Kola and all of these questions. What happens when it's not just between A and B, but it could come in conflict with another mitzvah? Right? When it could come in conflict with another mitzvah, maybe that's a separate discussion. That seems to be a machloket between, uh, there's an interesting truva of um, Rav, the Tzitzel Yezer and uh, Rav Shal Yisraeli. Rav Shal Yisraeli actually holds, this was a, a regarding a, a, a child that wanted to make Aliyah. Um, and here, Rav Shal Yisraeli, uh, strangely enough, was less um, clear that a child could make Aliyah. Because he felt that there were conflicting mitzvot. And it's not, it, was, it wasn't so clear to him because it could be that Sheva Alta say in this case might be Adif, i.e. you know, if you just don't actively do the mitzvah, it's not like you're breaking a mitzvah, you're just not actively making aliyah. He was less gung-ho that the child had to make aliyah, that that was certain. 
Rav Ovad Yosef, on the other hand, was said that, you know, when the child should make Aliyah. And he... There. So, and, and, and then uh, they also talk about it in regarding... Uh, I can't remember, regarding Kolel. There's a truth of the Igor of Moshe. I just... Uh, I can't remember it exactly. Um, but it, it comes down to the same thing. When there's a conflict in mitzvah, it becomes more complicated. So it's not just... Do I hold like the Ma'arik or the Chazonish? But here I've got a, I've got a conflict between uh, two mitzvot and then it comes into what, what I didn't discuss is one of the answers that the, the um, one of the things that we say regarding Kibbut Horim, when do we put it on the back burner? If it can be done through another Shaliach, so that's another discussion. But we have uh, gone over our time. Shakoach. Okay.